The Playmakers Blog presents Fire on High. Featuring your host, Tyler O. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode two of the Fire on High podcast. I'm Tyler Rajinsky. Thanks for stopping by. This is going to be part two of a four-part series going over every single major fantasy position. I did quarterbacks last week, and we're going to be hitting the running backs this week. Before we jump in, I wanted to remind everybody of a few things about my process and how I came to these players. Since I've only mentioned it once before, the players I'm about to cover, it's not only about their 20-point outlook. It's about their value relative to ADP or average draft position. On the last episode, I talked about how I won't be owning Drew Brees this year. He's not a guy that I'm drafting. But personally, I like Drew Brees. I love watching him. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks. But because he's at a QB9 price, QB9 ADP, I'm not interested. So that's kind of where my head's at with this. So I'm fading players on their price, not on the player themselves. So go back, take a look, check it out. It's literally in 12 minutes. It's got some pretty solid content. In that episode, I go a little bit more in depth and explain some of my big picture strategies for this upcoming year and all its wackiness and, you know, to put it lightly, wackiness, but more of uncertainty. But instead of going all over that stuff again, I want to quickly summarize it for you now. In-person off-season programs have been few and far between this summer, and there's absolutely no preseason games. The team has had and will continue to have very few practices together as an entire starting unit. With that said, I'm generally avoiding rookies. More times than not, someone I'm drafting with is taking a rookie player before me. There's a time and a place to draft every single player, but in my offseason research, I usually only leave drafts with one, maybe two rookies per team. I'm also generally fading players on new teams, particular wide receivers. Again, this is already a red flag for fantasy production, and then you just add in all this craziness in the offseason, and it's even a little crazier. Just like rookies, I walk away from drafts with very few players on new teams. I definitely take a little bit of a deeper dive with veterans on new teams, obviously, but it's still, it's a bit of a red flag. I'm skeptical. I'm also prioritizing players with a favorable early season schedule. This is usually my practice if I have the intention of streaming quarterback and tight end, but I think of the threat uh, of an early season or shortened season, I should say, it's widened my early season schedule lens to running backs and wide receivers as well. And then as a reminder, I am pulling this ADP that I'll be speaking of for Fantasy Pros half PPR. With that said, let's jump into it. Here's my RB targets and RB avoids or fades. Again, assuming 12 man, two starting running backs with at least one flex. As stated with my ADP, we're talking half PPR here. First target of the year is going to be Kenyon Drake, currently RB9 at pick 15. When you see a running back in this range, that 8-12 to 12 range, you're really hoping they got top 5 upside. Possible league winning upside if you're going to take a running back in the early first or beginning of the second. Lucky for us, we've seen this upside already come to fruition at the end of 2019. Kenny Drake was traded to the Cardinals during week, week 8 and he came out of the gates absolutely firing. From week 9 to 16... He was an RB4 overall in fantasy. RB3 if you count points per game because there was some bye weeks in there. Either way, top four back. This is on a brand new team, mind you. He barely had a week to adjust, comes in, top five back. You'll love to see it. During this time, he also saw 77% of the team's RB snaps plus a 14% target market share. This is elite on both sides of things. 
This is bell cow kind of stuff. This is the kind of work it takes to finish as a top five back. Arizona didn't bring any other running backs in to battle for the job, nor does it seem like they're all of a sudden going to be giving Chase Edmonds a sizable share. Chase Edmonds also pretty good value at RB53, mind you. But back to Kenyon Drake. The team's better. Around Kenyon Drake, the team is better. Kyler Murray was a rookie last year. He was pretty good. I expect him to be better. Really talented guy. They added world beater DeAndre Hopkins to the fold. The RB friendly four wide sets we saw last year just got a whole lot more dangerous. I really don't know what else to say about this guy. You ask if can Kenyon Drake be a top five guy. He literally did it at the end of 2019. Take him at the end of the first with confidence. I love the guy. I have I own a bunch of them. You could get him earlier, say in the second round, around May, June. Rightfully so. His ADP's crept up to RB9, but I still want him. Next is Miles Sanders, ADP running back 13. A lot of similarities here to Kenyon Drake. Miles Sanders also has some serious top five upside. It took a Jordan Howard injury for the running back by committee truther, Doug Peterson, to give Miles Sanders a legitimate shot as a lead guy. Doug Peterson never gives anyone a lead shot as a lead guy. It wasn't a surprise that he didn't give that to Miles Sanders right off the gate, but because of injury, we saw it, and it was a beautiful thing. From weeks 11 to 16, I know a small sample size, Miles Sanders was the RB4. We saw it. There was a size, like a little sample size in there. He did it RB4 overall. If you pace out Sanders' final eight games to a full 16-game season, so pretty much just double his stats, we're looking at 300 touches, that's carries and receptions, 68 of those are catches, and 1,756 yards on the ground and in the air and 10 TDs. This is great stuff. This is what bell cow backs are made of. This is what league winning running backs are made of. You got solid work on the ground, solid work through the air, and you're still scoring touchdowns. Like Kenny Drake, there's no one to really take away his lead back status. Yes, Boston Scott is talented, but he's more of a change of pace back, and then I think that Corey Clement is the next guy there. So what are you going to do? I know Brandon Brooks, the guard, uh, really good guard, man. He tore his Achilles. That definitely hurt his stock a little bit. But the offensive line, in my opinion, is still a top 10 offensive line, which is great for Miles Sanders. He's a threat on the ground because there's going to be some holes opening up, no doubt. I've seen Miles Sanders do what it takes to be a top five back like Kenyon Drake, and there's nothing to indicate that there's that he's under threat of losing these touches and targets to anybody. you got to take this guy. There's times when I get the 11 or 12th spot, and I've gone back-to-back Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders. To me, there's not much of a better start I can think of than that. Now we got my man James Conner, RB20. You can get him at the start of the fourth. So rewind a year. This time last year, James Conner was the RB7 going at the end of the first. Clearly a back with top five upside, sensing the theme here. Now he's going as the RB20 going at the start of the fourth. What changed? Well, Big Ben got hurt and the offense became literal dog shit. And then Conner's body broke down somewhere in the week eight range. Both things not good. That's obviously, there's some red flags there. Not only for Connor's health as a running back, but we know if Big Ben goes down, that the offense is going to be terrible. They didn't sign a backup. They had a chance to sign someone like James Winston, passed on it. If something happens with Big Ben, they're going to be rolling with Duck Hodges or Mason Rudolph, who aren't very good. So there is a little bit of risk, but I would say that that risk of Ben or Connor getting hurt is baked into that RB20 price. Because if Big Ben and Connor are healthy, there's literally nothing to stop Connor from being a top 10 back, even top 8, I would argue. 
For starters, the offensive line is returning four or five guys. That's very, very good. And the line is good. And his only real competition is a rookie back, five foot nine, 200 pounds. Not necessarily big, but enough. But he, he really profiles as a complimentary guy. So I'm not too concerned with McFarland at this point. The Steelers also have one of the best defenses of the NFL, if not the best, and have one of the softest run schedules to boot. And they also come out of the gate. Giants, Broncos, Texans, Titans. That's the ninth easiest schedule in terms of Vegas win totals. There's a lot of things working in Connor's way. If him and Big Ben can stay healthy, things are looking good. It's a bit scary, I know, but RB20, I've been grabbing this guy all day. Fourth round, even in the third round, I think, if you need an RB2, you grab him. Don't think twice. Big fan of James Conner this year. Another one of my targets is going to be Kareem Hunt, RB29, sixth round back. People forget that Kareem Hunt was widely accepted as like a top six fantasy running back only two years ago. He's hashtag good at football. He's made some awful decisions, fell from grace, rightly so, and has had his work his way back into the NFL. He came off an eight-game suspension in 2019 started in week 10, and proceeded to outscore Nick Chubb in six of the eight remaining games. Outscores Nick Chubb in six of the eight remaining games. He saw 60% RB snap rate across those eight games, even out-snapping Chubb in two of those, and had an outstanding 16% team target share. Now, I don't necessarily expect Chubb to roll over and die. The dude is one of the most gifted pure runners in the NFL, but Hunt is going to be on the field. He's too good to not be on the field. I think there's enough reason to confidently field Hunt as your RB3 flex during the season. And God forbid something actually happens to Chubb. Hunt's a league winner. He, I don't even want to call him a handcuff because he has standalone value. But if we want to you know, use the term handcuff, he's the, one of the best ones out there. Because if he's getting the workload, he's an elite back. We know he can do it. you got to get this guy is your RB3, you can't do much better than Kareem Hunt and wait until the sixth round to get it. That works well because you can get those wide receivers in the third, fourth, or fifth. My final running back that I like, not as popular. This guy's getting a lot of hate right now, but it's Marlon Mack, RB37. Now, I don't necessarily love Marlon Mack this year. Jonathan Taylor is easily the most talented of the two. You'll find no argument there for me. Jonathan Taylor looks like the real deal. And Marlon Mack's going to be on a different team in 2021. However, this is 2020, and Mack is still around and has plenty of time working with that offensive group, except for maybe the wily vet, Phillip Rivers. I love the Colts. They have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. That's good for a running back. I love how Jonathan Taylor, while wildly talented, hasn't had much time with the team. That works in Marlon Mack's favor. And I also love how the Colts come out the gate playing the Jags, Vikings, Jets, Bears, Browns, Bengals, easily the easiest six first six games of the season. That's also good for a running back. It's good for the offense in general. Marlon Mack is a good back. He's the experienced incumbent, and you come out of the gates firing before Jonathan Taylor takes the job. And it's really the price here, like I've been saying the whole time. The RB37 price is just too juicy for me to pass up, especially when Mack can be taken in the ninth or tenth round and be your fourth or even fifth back. He's just too cheap right now. I think he starts the year strong. I totally think Jonathan Taylor takes the job, but I don't think that happens till later in the season. Take advantage of the easy early season schedule and the experience of Mac and get him on your team is a little bit of a safety. Moving on to the fades. There's going to be some uh, unpopular picks here, but here we go, folks. Nick Chubb, RB8, pick 12, end of the first round. This is another 
great time to, to remind you that my targets and avoids have more to do with their price relative to ADP than the player because I freaking love Nick Chubb. But at RB8, end of the first, it is too rich for my blood. I'm passing. For starters, I expect him to be limited in the pass game. Again, I, I think Nick Chubb is an underrated pass catcher, but Kareem Hunt is just that good. He's a better pass catcher than Nick Chubb. I think the RB8 price is much closer to his ceiling this year because there simply isn't enough pass game work to get him into that top five. I honestly prefer Drake or Sanders over Chubb this year. Fading Chubb has literally nothing to do with Chubb as a player, but everything to do with Kareem Hunt because Kareem Hunt is that good and you can't keep this guy off the field. To have Hunt ranked as high as I do personally at RB25, I have to rank Chubb a little bit lower at RB13. This is just how that kind of thing works. Next up, we got Josh Jacobs, RB10, pick 16. You're going to sense a theme here uh, for my RB targets and RB fades, and that's going to be pass game work. If you're going to finish among the top five, six backs, you're going to have to get work in the pass game. Pass game work also provides a solid floor when the TDs just don't hit. Furthermore, like Chubb, I anticipate that Jacobs will come off the field on passing downs. Not all the time, but enough to where he's not going to be a top five guy. The Raiders re-signed Jalen Rashard with 43 targets last year. Sure, DeAndre Washington is now with the Chiefs. He departs, opening up 41 RB targets. But the Raiders drafted rookie wide receiver, quotations, Lynn Bowden, and immediately declared him a running back. Tells me they're going to be throwing some balls to this guy. Add rookies Ruggs and Brian Edwards to the fold. And they're actually going to be pass options outside of Waller and Renfro. There's just not a lot of opportunity for Josh Jacobs through the air. The RB pass by just got a ton smaller, and I'm not buying the coach speak that Jacob's going to be involved in the pass game. Just not buying it this year. He averaged two targets a game last year. I don't expect it to climb that much. I think we're talking like a 40-target ceiling for Jacobs this year. Again, Jacob's incredibly gifted runner, just like Chubb, but without the pass game work, this RB, I'd say RB 8-9 feels like his ceiling, so maybe you're getting a little bit of a value, but in all honesty, I, I, again, I'd rather have... Miles Sanders or Kenyon Drake over Josh Jacobs and Nick Chubb. Book it. My next pass is going to be Leonard Fournette, RB18, third round ADP. This is one that I just simply don't get. First of all, his own team doesn't want him. They tried to trade him in the draft and literally no one in the entire draft wanted him. I wouldn't be shocked if he was traded or even cut before the season starts. His team is awful. That's not good for a running back. That the there's four and a half win total in Vegas. It's the worst. So there Vegas is saying that the Jags are the worst team in the NFL. They're going to be passing a lot. That's not good for him. I know folks are going to sit here and say, hey, he had 100 targets in 15 games last year. That's great. But he had 74th with two years prior. That 100 isn't going to happen again, especially when you factor in rookie wide receiver LaVisca Chenault, who I think is going to get some sneaky run game work or kind of dump off passes. And then add Chris Thompson. I know people don't talk about Chris Thompson. I know people don't like him. But in the end of the day, Gruden... Redskins, offensive coordinator, Jags. He brought Chris Thompson in to be the pass down back. He's going to play. There just isn't enough pass work to even give Leonard Fournette the decent floor he had last year. Not to mention Leonard Fournette is terrible on the goal line. Dude gets stuffed more than anyone I've seen. I, I also don't get the fact that last year he had similar ADP to as this year because people were afraid that he always gets injured or he's going to get hurt. He has one good season of staying healthy and now everyone forgets about it. I, I don't know. It's just... RB18 is way too rich for my blood with Leonard Fournette. I have not drafted him once this year, and I've probably done at least 40 to 50 best ball drafts. He doesn't exist on a single team I have. Just hard pass on Leonard Fournette. Do yourself a favor and just fade this guy. The floor is too low. Sony Michelle, RB30. 
This one's kind of an easy one, so I'll just take the the free throw here. I mean, he might actually start the season off on the PUP list, so that's an easy fade in itself, but let's just say he doesn't. I'm still telling you to stay away. Pats are usually a bit of a mess at the running back position. They're keeping Rex Burkhead because they restructure the contract. James White's taking pass down work. People are talking up Damian Harris. He has a kind of a clean slate with Tom Brady leaving town. And they just signed Lamar Miller, who is old, but probably still going to get work. Add that in with the chronic knee issues. Now he's got foot issues. It's just not even worth it. I mean, even if you drop to RB40 range, I'm still not interested. If we're saying RB30 price, there's probably 20 running backs I'd rather take a shot on than Sonia Michelle. Just pass Sonia Michelle and pretty much just pass any Patriots running back unless you're getting them in the last couple of rounds. It's just not worth the headache. My final fade, I didn't really have a fifth fade that I felt strongly about, but I, I wanted to use this as a little bit of a warning to talk about Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones currently has an ADP of running back 36, which is fine. I got no issues with that, but I'm starting to see that ADP creep up. And if the ADP creeps up to the mid-20s, I'm telling you, you need to stay away He's not going to get pass game work. Like, he, he didn't do that last year. And honestly, rookie Keyshawn Vaughn, LaShawn McCoy, who hasn't given up a sack since 2016. I bet Brady loves that. And Dare, Dare Ungumbawale, sorry. They're all better pass catchers than Ronald Jones. Sorry, folks. It's just the facts. I don't really like Ronald Jones that much. I think he he's a fine one-two back. I know the, the coach speak right now. Arians is talking up his guy, Ronald Jones, right now. That's what's driving that ADP up, but... That's what Arians does. He just blows smoke about his players. He's done it with Ellington. Uh, he did it with Peyton Barber. Like, it, Just don't listen to anything that Arians says when it comes to his players. Rojo, RB36, fine. Once it creeps up in the 20s, please avoid him. Those are my running back targets and running back fades, folks. You can find me, Tyler, on Twitter, at FFTylero. I'll be back next week with my wide receiver targets and fades. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later. Later.